Hello, everybody, and welcome to Once Upon a Throwback. This is episode number... Oh, crap. I don't know if it's four or five. Well, <laughs> I don't know on that one. VIP club members on Patreon, you are now listening to Once Upon a Throwback. I cannot remember what episode. I'm pretty sure it's four. We did Goosebumps. We did 90s cartoons. The NES. And the NES. And I'm pretty sure that's all we did. At I least in terms so. of Once Upon a Throwback. Yep, this is episode four. Okay, so the third episode was the 90s cartoons. Today, we are going to be talking all about collectibles growing up. So it's like action figures, toys, cards. I don't know why I almost said comic books. That's considered a book. That's going to be a whole different thing someday. <laughs> That's not going to be on this episode. <laughs> but you that was our topic for this week, which was supposed to be like two weeks ago. We missed a week or whatever. It'll happen. But it happens. Um, the only thing that you might have been able to collect that I'll probably stop you and be like, no, that doesn't count, is like toenail clippings. I don't want to. Yeah, nope, that wasn't me. <laughs> if you're uh, collecting toenail clippings out there and you're a member of our Patreon, please feel free to unsubscribe. No, I'm just <laughs> I don't care. I'll take your money. I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, what was your first, not necessarily like single collectible, but what was the first thing you got into collecting? For me, it would have definitely been action figures as a kid. Okay. More specifically, pro wrestling. You know I'm a big pro wrestling fan. So yeah. it would have definitely been more specifically pro wrestling action figures. Okay. I don't think I ever got the ring at the time. I have one now somewhere that I picked up like a few years ago. But I don't think I had a ring when I was a kid. But I remember I went to a cousin's house and he had the ring. So I would bring, I would bring some of my figures over. Yeah, I remember, I remember specifically having... No, you know what? It goes back earlier. Before there was wrestling action figures, there was these things called Wrestle Buddies, which were like plushes, and they would talk to you. Yes. Like, you would do moves to them, and they'd be like, ouch! And I had a Randy Savage of those, a Macho Man Randy Savage that was like, oh, I know, or whatever, in his little Macho <laughs> Man voice. Right. And I still wish I had that thing, man. Those things were pretty cool. I do have a Macho Man Randy Savage, for anybody on the Patreon watching, right behind me, a little mini plush back there. Now, does every Randy Savage come with a little creamer? Little cream. from the the whole yeah the whole cream of the crop thing you don't know that one i do During... but i don't think okay. they actually came with a cream <laughs> no it, it was more it was, of a joke i would have got more of the snap into a slim jim if you would have said that every macho man come with a slim jim well this is why during our normal show you do the comedy and i stay well away from it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you got me i was like what cream what is he talking about here I didn't know. that could have <laughs> went multiple ways that would have made this show explicit too <laughs> yes that's true and uh, it also did not come with a Miss Elizabeth. Oh, that's a bummer. Time. Well, I mean, there was a big thing with that, too. Like, she was with him, and then she, like, moved on from him and was with Lex Luger for, like, a long time. And then she passed well, away from, like, the drug overdose. Like, very sad. Yes. Wrestling was men's soap opera. Yeah. You know? My wrestling, and my still wrestling, because I still watch AEW and try to talk Asher into watching wrestling with me and doing a wrestling podcast for the Patreon now. <laughs> But I still watch AEW. Not so much. I do watch WWE, but I'm not as into it as I am with like AEW. But my big era was like the 90s. WCW was my thing because you had Sting. And that was where I first got into like the face painting stuff. So that probably would have been what triggered Tony Z's juggalo era at the time. Okay. Would have been. <laughs> it started with like Sting and Kiss and then eventually became ICP in my teenage years. Now, so you're talking like right before the Attitude Era, as they call it, right? No, I'm talking about during the Attitude Era. Oh, okay. Sting before the Attitude Era was flat top Sting. He still had the makeup, which was cool, mm -hmm. but it was like the blonde, like flat hair. And I'm talking about Crow Sting. 
Okay. With like the black and white would like be up in the rafters and like menacing and like that was like the coolest thing to be as a little See, kid. To me, I think the attitude era is where they shifted from that more soap opera story based kind of thing where it was all the interviews and like the smack talk and everything to something more performative. And that's yeah. where you had more of the like stuff going on in the ring, the you know, the people coming down from the ceiling and crawling well, out from was... underneath. Yeah, that well, the coming down from the ceiling, that stuff was WCW, WWE, or at the time WWF's attitude era was where they just made a complete shift from like the 80s, like the start was it say your prayers and eat your vitamins, Hulk Hogan, right. to like the stone cold Steve Austin flipping people off and like half naked, like their attitude era was completely different. Well, well that's WC, what I mean. They WC, both went to more performative, more visual things as yeah. opposed to those, you know, inter- interview and commentary kind of things. Yeah, WCW's was like edgy, but it was more like, like it was almost like it was more real. Like if you get what I'm saying, yeah. like it felt like it was like, like when they did the whole NWO thing at first, and you had no idea. You really thought these were WWE guys coming in to just try and take out the competition. Like they really built it. It's still one of my favorite things ever is the beginning of the NWO when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came out. This is not a wrestling podcast, but <laughs> but uh, no. yeah, it was. Theirs was like edgy, but like more real, whereas WWE was just completely over the top, like half naked women and freaking topless crap and like all that kind of stuff. So it was more right. That's probably why I fell more into the WCW side of things when I was a kid, because my mom would not probably let me watch the other stuff as a kid. It would, if it came on the Stone Cold and that kind of stuff, it was at my uncle's house because he'd be watching it. But yeah, WCW was still a pretty safe bet at the time. So for me, um, I had things when I was a kid, like I had, you know, Ninja Turtles and the van yep. and He-Man and all these different action figures, but I would never say that I collected them because a lot of these were gifted to me. I thought they were neat, but I never took care of them, you know? I'll tell you what um, I did have was a Stretch Armstrong. How long did he live? Because uh, <laughs> I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> All it took was one hole and that was no longer a Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, and it I was always wondered what was sticky toy. It. And my mom told me it was corn syrup. Yep. That's what yep. they put inside of it. Um, I had some comic books. Again, I never really collected those because I would I would read one every once in a while wherever I got it from. Sometimes right. I'd you know buy one cheap or I like somebody would give me one. Oddly enough, I think the first thing I started collecting and actually like took care of, like put up on a shelf kind of thing, was uh Sobe bottles. The oh yeah, the, with the lizard on it. Mm-hmm. I called him Sobe, but I know exactly what you're talking Sobe, about. Sobe, Sobe. I think it was a regional thing. Um, because the bottles, while they had all the different flavors, they all had different names that I thought were really cool. And the bottle art was really cool. Um, on the bottom of the glass, they had markings that were their series number. So there was like first edition, second edition, third, oh, I never third realized editions that. when they started That's adding cool. new flavors. Yeah, um, I remember having, I would always get strawberry banana, strawberry daiquiri, and or pina colada were like the three flavors that I migrated mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, I don't have these anymore. It's been a long time, but uh, I did have every flavor. Uh, no, I drank them. They weren't sealed because yeah, I didn't know how to be a collector, but I had the bottles, every bottle of type four, the first and second like editions of their, their uh, products. So I kind of wish that I had kept them. But I was right. like, I don't know, 16 or something. So there was no way I was going to like keep those, you know, safe and clean and, you know, not drank. But yeah, I was a teenager too. I would like ride my bike up to the store and get them. And I remember 
this is actually kind of a funny story. My mom sent me to the store the one time because she needed like a gallon of milk or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I probably picked up some Sobeys or whatever. But I remember, I think I got two gallons of milk. So I was riding my back, my bike back to the back to the house with two gallons of milk, one of like one bag on one handlebar and the other on the other handlebar. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like I go around a turn and like lose my balance on the bike, and one of those gallons just goes flying off into a field and explodes. It just goes oh, everywhere. Wow. Yeah. And uh, this used to be a funny story I would tell because this is where I found my. There was like a burned copy of a CD on the side of the road whenever I okay. fell that time, and I picked it up, and it was uh, Psychopathics from Outer Space, which was my first foray into the ICP jungle OC. So I always said it was like fate at the time that like right. I lost this milk and then picked up this ICP CD at the time, which I always thought was funny. You know, that's something that I think, um, not to sound like that old guy, but some of the newer generations are missing out on things. There were things that we discovered entirely by accident. You know, you found yep. a CD on the side of the road. A burn and... CD on top. It wasn't even the action. Right, like, right. Back then, that was when people were using the Napster and all that kind of stuff. So they would Right, just... right. And uh, the downloaded uh, lime wire and that. Yep. Um, but yeah, they, their discovery is through, you know, TikTok or a, a, a friend or like they don't have those just out in the wild discoveries that we kind of did. Um, right. Oh, my goodness. You know what else was in the 90s? At least I think it was the 90s or around that time. What's that? Ty Bo. Do you remember Ty Bo? My mom oh, did it mm-hmm. with uh, yeah, Billy Blanks, whole... and it was like the karate kind of, or it was like it was like you were punching and like doing workout videos and stuff. That became like a big craze at that time. Yeah, uh, I think that paved the way for uh, P90X. Yeah, I remember my mom doing Ty Bo, which is probably why like the she has MS and it doesn't really affect her that much, is because she was so active that she's mm-hmm. one of the few people where it hasn't messed with her because of that. She's like counteracted. Now she's like a personal trainer. You want to talk about an inspirational story for someone who has MS? My mom's a freaking personal trainer. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah, I I did I collected those bottles. I thought that was cool. Um, but I used to go up to the comic shop, and I never really bought anything at the comic shop because I didn't have money. And then once I started having a little bit of money, I ended up buying a starter deck for Magic: The Gathering. Nice. I'm glad you're getting into cards. Yeah, and... I got my first Magic: The Gathering as a hand me down from my uncle Brian. He just like get, he was like, you know what? Here, have these. I never played the game, but I just liked the artwork on the cards, so that I would just collect the cards. And then that's that's why I got into it because I thought the artwork was cool. It took me a little while to get into playing it, and then I got way too far into it. But before we spin off on uh, a good chunk of Magic, there's some collectibles that I thought were just bananas. You know, like everybody had a card game at the time. There was a D and D one, a uh, spell blade spellfire spellfire i think it was i'm not familiar uh, with that one there's a werewolf and uh vampire the masquerade card game like there, there were a whole bunch and magic just kind of climbed the top of that mountain and kicked everybody down it you know yep but one thing that i always start at the card shop next to you know there was there was magic and the other card games and there were all the baseball and football cards there was this one little section in between those that i just didn't understand i still don't really get it but now i think it's really wild they were operation desert storm cards oh what the heck like war cards yes that's crazy collectible cards about the uh desert storm and desert shield operations uh was it um iran or iraq yeah i think it was one of those two but they would have that like um desert camo pattern border and they like they look like 
baseball cards. They had that same kind of feel and everything. You could see the cardboard and and like it would just be like the president and then like this tank and it was like that's crazy. I yeah, it was it was just a go wild like thing. GI Joes. Like what the heck is going on here? It it, it kind of felt like that, but it was all yeah. real stuff. So it was it's such a wild thing, you know. And uh, that was one of the first times that I was like, man there's somebody to collect everything you know yeah yeah i remember there was these oh i can't remember what the name of the actual toy line was but it was all those different sharks and it was like a toy line they were like different sharks and they ended up having like a cartoon series about them too oh my god it's gonna drive me nuts it's a very popular from the 90s okay what 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 kind of were they anthropomorphic sharks did they ride bikes or street sharks Street sharks, okay. Street sharks, and I had one of those toys because I remember the one guy was like a great white shark, and he had like the big muscles, and there, yeah, it was like a really yeah. Street sharks was very popular in the nineties, and I had, I can't remember which one the I can't remember the names of any of them. I want to say it was Ripster, maybe. Ripster is the name of one of them. I think that was the great white shark. I think that was the one I had. Okay, but yeah, but when we were talking about like the bananas of like the crazy things. And it was half man, half shark, and they were crime fighters, so they were like superheroes. Now, I never got into these, but along the idea of like an absolute craze, um, Beanie Babies. Oh, yep, I have Absolutely one. I have wild. one. I have one here, which mm-hmm. is really. This is a cool story too. I had one as a kid. I didn't collect like a whole bunch of them. I had a family member that collected all the little bears. Well, and that, that's what but, I mean. Like, cause I had a beanie baby at some point. I, yeah, I don't I remember anything about it, but we all had that family, family member that was like hoarding them. Like that would like yeah. go to McDonald's to get like happy meals to get the McDonald's ones. And like, it was, it, it's, it was like a, a bubble, like a, a housing bubble that just burst, you know? Yeah, and I had one, it was a little, like a little leopard, it was called a Freckles, and I have that exact Beanie Baby now, it's not the one from my childhood, but we like, we went around to like, I think we were at a Goodwill one time, because sometimes okay. they have cool stuff in there, and I found that, and I was like, oh my goodness, I had this as a kid, and I had to buy it, and it That's was, yeah, cool. Freckles, I was like, imagine if for some reason, this was that Freckles from when I was a kid, and it just went yeah. around all these Goodwills, and then just by fate, I managed to get my hands on it again, that would I always be awesome. thought that was a cool story. I, I do like the the nostalgia of finding something that you collected as a kid again as an adult and you're you're like I, I need this you know I thought I had it sitting over here with me but I don't so I don't know where I put it but it is in the room somewhere I used to have it sitting right by my computer just because of that constant memory but apparently what I have sitting by my computer right now is a freaking trunks from Dragon Ball Z plus <laughs> this is literally <laughs> sitting next to my monitor I don't know why I put it there but that's where it is now I, I see you have a couple, and I've got to ask because I don't quite get it. Yeah, I have quite a few figures. Funko Pops. I don't yep. understand it. I just, I don't collect because they're Funko Pops. I collect because they're things I enjoy. Well, those are what, so, two Mortal Kombat ones up there? Yeah, like Mortal Kombat. Um, I have... Honestly, I don't know what happened to more than half of my Funko Pops. See, I don't know where they're at now. But, but I, like, look, a lot of the ones I have are the Venomized ones because I just think it's cool that it's Venom is one of my yeah. favorite characters. So there was, like, a Venomized Thanos. It's like, I don't care that they're... It's not even the Funko Pop. It's just, like, if it's a character I enjoy, I'll tend to pick it up. I get it. I only ask because, you know, you don't have what I'm getting to is the people that have an entire wall of them. 
Like it's literally a wall. Javier from Dirt Talk Plus, who is our Patreon member, probably listening to this episode, can tell you a thing or two about that because he collects them and then like talks about how much they're worth. And um, uh, Twisted Joker, who was on the show, always been telling me whenever I buy a new one, like, this is worth this much money. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I don't plan on selling these. Like, this is just because it's something I enjoy from my childhood. I don't plan on getting rid of it. Okay. We we might have to do an episode with them so they can explain it to me because I, I don't get it. Because they, other than like, like you said, you know, I like these characters. I, I could see like because I like Ghost Rider. I could see maybe getting a Ghost Rider. Yep, I think know, I have Funko a Ghost Rider one or a Fallout, like a Vault Boy Funko or something like that. But like, I, I don't think I'd have more than like eight or ten. And some of these people have like well, that that did hundreds. happen. I don't have hundreds, but like I did have enough to fill like like that shelf where the fan is sitting behind me. At one point, was all my Funko Pops, and that was and that wasn't like I said. I'm not a collector, but uh, over right. time, the different things I enjoy, I'm like, oh, that's cool, and I pick it up. And then over time, they just pile up. And now right. I probably haven't bought one in like, I don't know, two or three years because I was like, I cannot keep buying these. I need to stop. I am a big fan of collections that are also use usable. You know, like the Funko Pops are good to display. You know, I will admit they look nice in uniform and there's something that does it for me about that. Right. But um, I played a game with a buddy of mine for a while called Skylanders. Like, oh, that was huge. That was like 2010s, maybe. Uh, I don't know. They, they basically put out a game every every year to every other year because there were two different studios working on it. So like, yeah, and they released all those toys because you would scan them into the game. Yes, I didn't get into that era, but I remember a lot of kids getting into that stuff. Well, I've probably got a hundred and ten Skylanders in my basement. That's crazy. Uh, now I have a lot of just regular, like sitting. You can't see behind my computer because it's in front of me, but I have right. a bunch of those. I have Dragon Ball Z figures up there. I've got Star Wars figures, like that Black series. There was a good okay. bit where I was collecting a bunch of those whenever I saw them. Now, a lot of these are like, like most of the figures are like between the 10 to $20 range. So I usually will not, like I'm not one of those people that's going to go out of my way and be like, I'm going to spend $300 on this rare. That's not me. Right. I'll pick up something that's cool that I enjoy that's like a $20 figure and then send it somewhere. Yeah. And, and like, I totally get that. And that's kind of what I'm saying with the Skylanders because they had a use also. I didn't just keep those in their boxes. Right. Just like the Amiibos. I had a couple of those at one point because you could, I collect them because they were cool once again, but then the, the right. fact that you could scan them into like your game. And I think some of those still work on like the switch. Yes. Because um, you could scan them into the switch, but you put it on like the little joystick or whatever. And it'll go most into the games game, so. will just give you like uh, a couple of coins or whatever, you know, or something cosmetic. in the game. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They, it, it, the cosmetics are usually tied to very specific amiibos because you can use right. like any amiibo on like let's say uh Legend of Zelda and you'll just get some rupees, you know. Yeah, there was one game I had where the character would like go into the game and do something for you and then bring it back to you, which was kind of cool. But I don't yeah. know what the game was or what the character was. And again, that's that you like function along with the form, you know. Yeah. But there are also people that collect those amiibos and they never come out of the box, you know. I get it. Um I have one just... of those. It's a Zelda one. And I okay. think it was because it was a Twilight Princess one. And that's like my wife's favorite video game of all time. So that thing stays in the box because of like the collectible, like nostalgia factor for that. I did have collectibles kind of ruined for me with Skylanders because they would have chase variants. So you would have a box that looked the identical as all the other boxes for said Skylander. But the model inside was clear plastic. Instead oh of boy. Being normal. I fell into that with a couple Funko Pop figures because I... I got a couple of those Star Wars ones, but it was like mm -hmm. the gold version. 
Mm-hmm. So instead of just being like the normal, it was the gold version. I got a couple of the Star Wars ones, but just because they were gold and looked different. Well, here's what started getting me is store employees started leaving them in the back. Oh yeah, they do that now too. Yep, and it, it was getting real frustrating because I, you like I would go to a store and I'm looking for the variants. Like a buddy of mine and I, the one we played with, we were getting so ridiculous. We were like, oh. Toys R Us gets their delivery on this day. We are going on this day. You know, we look through, right. we, we never could find anything, but you know, they're out there being sold. And then like, we come to find out that this was a regular thing that these are being you know, like set off to the side by employees and purchased later and, you know, stuff or um, just in like target would get like an exclusive skin that nobody else would get. You know, it's, it's a different paint job or something. Yep, you they'd know? set them aside. I think they still do that stuff. Yes, and, but but that's where I became aware of it, and that's where I was like, "Man, this is kind of a bummer." Because right, it takes away the like excitement of that, um, which loops me back around into Magic. Magic is doing a Lord of the Rings set. Oh, really? That's very yes. Cool. They're going to be a certain number of the Ring of Man, uh, the Ring of Dwarves. Somehow, like, I feel like. Harry Potter would have worked better with magic. Like that well, would have made sense. I mean, just because we were talking about Hogwarts on the recently, right. but a Harry Potter set of magic when it's called magic would have actually made sense to me, but you have like, you have Gandalf and other people that do magic in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, it's works. a very fantasy magic driven yeah. world anyways, but there'll only be, I don't know the exact number, but maybe 200 of each of the ring of men. They'll be serialized, right? Right. There's only going to be one, the one ring. Oh geez, uh, a whoever single... gets that, that thing's gonna be worth something. Well, that that that's likely. the thing. So one person has already come out and said, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars if you pull it." And it's kind of funny because that's like the lowest of low ball offers you could probably get. Right. I know a lot of people are like, "Why would you ever spend that much on a card?" It's because it's literally going to be the only one in existence. Yeah, the only one in existence. Here's the problem. That's a collector's thing. That's why you would spend that much. You're a collector. They don't print magic cards individually they're printed in a big sheet yeah like a pack either this card will be printed on its own sheet one time or there'll be a bunch of other ones that they need to dispose of but those are go to employees or something well that's that made the the cards this uh which they might have multiple printing sites i think they do just to make sure that they don't make any mistakes because you can't say you're only going to print one and then have 10 out there right so they need to know which site is printing this. Then they need to know when it's been printed. So for them to say that, oh, hey, there's one card out there. Well, they already know where it's coming, like which printing it's coming from. So they know which warehouse it's going to. They might not know which exact box that's going in. Right. But they know whether or not it's going to California or DC or, you know, wherever. So it takes away that like, chase that excitement you know now i necessarily don't know but like the fact that it's not as random as it could or should be for something like that right when you you make something with that super scarcity but then you more or less control where because i i almost guarantee they know where it's gonna go like oh yeah yeah it's it's gonna end up in someone's hands a random 13 year old kid isn't gonna get it even though 
I kind of hope, and I hate this as a, somebody that's into collecting stuff. I kind of hate this idea, but I kind of hope at the same time, some random kid. And I only say kid because, you know, we all know that sometimes they don't take care of their stuff. Right. Some kid gets it and is like, Hey, I got this card. Oh, this is kind of garbage. And just like tosses it, in just gets rid of it which is what happened to a lot of stuff from our childhood. And now yes. we find out it's worth so much money. Well, and that it's it's worth it because there isn't any because we played with it and we took it out of the box and yep. we did stuff, you know. So, yeah, I, I I don't know. I just there are some things with collectibles I really love, and there are some things that kind of frustrate me. So yeah, it's funny you were talking about cards because I think in my I think it was my middle school years. So yeah, I would I would have been under thirteen in middle school, but like the earliest year of that was gotta catch them all. That's when the Pokemon craze yep. caught on. And that was another one, like Magic Cards, where I collected them just because I liked all the creatures. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't play Pokemon at all, but I had an entire notebook. And this is something where I did a stupid. When I got older and was, like, 16 or 17, I just gave them all to my younger cousin. And, like, didn't care. And now, come to find out, like, those were first edition Pokemon cards. Those things could have net me a lot of money right now. So, I actually know someone that had a binder that's what full I had. binder of the first edition set like they had every card i didn't have every card but I, like i had a lot like i said it was a full binder and a lot of them were like duplicates and stuff right. like that so i had those but then i had like the hollow like i had a hollow blastoise and all that kind of stuff nice like i had some good cards and of course like an idiot i just freaking give them to my cousin when i'm like 16 because i don't know these are gonna be worth something someday <laughs> I got a now, pack one year for Christmas uh, from family because they never like paid attention to what I was into and they didn't notice like they were just like, oh, everybody likes this Pokemans thing. So they bought yeah. me some. Right. And I explained to my grandma that, hey, you know, these are really cool. Kids are really into these. And for some reason, she started because she was a bus driver. She started collecting them. So she would trade with her kids to try to get a set. And right. she did. She got a full binder of one of every card of first edition and it was like i i told her i'm like you know you've got it you don't hold on to it it's going to be worth something and uh she decided that you know the the year she was retiring that she was going to kind of keep an eye on her kids and if one of them was into pokemon she was just going to give them this binder no (laughs) well i mean that's what she wanted to do so you know she did and i don't know if you know they ended up you know selling them or you know yeah i have no idea what my cousin did with them after that but um, yeah, it it just made her happy to collect and trade them, you know. Yeah, but yeah, that's kind of how I was, where I was like, I don't really have a need for these anymore. You know what? Why don't you just take them? Of course, my cousin was like super excited at the time. Yeah, yeah. But it's like I don't know if he ever like did the smart and sold them or not, and it's like now like some kind of freaking half a millionaire that I could have been or not. But well, sometimes that's the joy is passing that collection on to somebody, and it doesn't matter what they do with it at that point because you've already made that choice to pass it along. You know, yeah. If you're upset about what somebody does with something like that, you weren't ready to pass it on. You shouldn't have done that. You know, right? Um, yeah, that was Pokemon... one of the very few that like they're like still they're worth something now. Like I've seen people that do those oh, yeah. like unpacking of the because they spend like ten thousand dollars to get a mm-hmm. bunch of these original, and I'm like, my goodness, those things were like candy when I used to have them. Yeah, yeah. And it probably was hundreds of dollars at the time because I think they were what 20 bucks maybe for a pack? Uh, No, it might have been 10. It might have been five to ten. 
Um, around here, most packs were uh, two ninety nine to three ninety nine. Okay, yeah. So back then, yeah. now they're like I bought I I can find them at like Walmart and stuff now, like more modern ones. And every now and mm-hmm. again, I pick one up just for that nostalgia, just because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get what kind of new Pokemon is in here. Yeah, it, and they're a little more expensive. Open them up, look at them, and then every once in a while you get like a foil or something. You're like, hey, that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, that's what I I have a crate somewhere that has some of them in them. And every now and again, you get one that you'll open it and it'll have the possibility of having like a original generation one in the pack, which is kind of cool that they still do that. Pokemon is the perfect transition though, to another form of collections that I really enjoy that most people wouldn't think of. And with Pokemon, you had a Pokedex and when you caught a Pokemon, it gave you more information on it. Right. I would collect every single one you know as much as you could because i think in some of the earlier ones you couldn't store all of them in your pokebank or whatever it was called are you talking about in game um, like in the yeah, actual in game okay. like I actual I, digital bro, versions. There, I thought you were talking about you had a real pokedex that just like, tracked all the cards it was just like, imagine uh, there, how creative that could have been i think there actually is a like handheld physical pokedex that you can scan cards in or maybe See, that you would can be cool scan, if it uh, did codes this- in if it did the same thing that it did in the game where it gave like, that would be a really cool thing. Rundown, yeah. Um, but one of the, uh, I think I last played sword and shield and that one and the yeah. one before it, you could like go online and trade Pokemon and everything. Yeah. And my goal was to get one of everything. Now there's some that like, I never got, like you're never going to get a Mewtwo kind of thing. Well, you uh, are, it's just very hard to catch. Right. Or, you know, you need to get one from somebody that is, you know, some people like dupe them and stuff. There, there's ways of getting some of these things that are ridiculous, yeah. right? Like Sun and I think it was Sun and Moon on the 3DS. You could get a Mewtwo. That was a really weird one. Yes. Like you have this specific guide, godlike Pokemon that takes you through like a wormhole portal thing. Mm-hmm. And you go like as long as you can to get to like one of the super rare portals. And that has like a very small chance of a Mewtwo appearing. And I think the one, I don't think, I think it can, I don't know if it can appear more than one time or if it's like the one time when you miss it, you're just screwed. Mm-hmm. I never got the Mewtwo. I just know that you can catch the Mewtwo. <laughs> I did have one. a Mew. Um, I had one or two Shinies that I never even realized were Shiny. That's yeah, the same game where I killed like Shiny six. in any of the games. I've caught uh, a Shiny in Pokemon Go, but I've never gotten one in any of the actual games. Um, Sword, well, I played Shield, but... um. The number, uh, I think I killed six of them by accident. Like uh, one, like I hit it and I was like, is that one shiny? Cause it was like a Voltorb and then it like yep. self-destructed. I'm like, God, you know, yeah. like <laughs> that's what always happened to me too with some of them. Because by the time I get to the ones where I'm just collecting them like that, my mm-hmm. Pokemon, all my Pokemon are like too high level for some of the stuff I'm trying to catch. So it's just like one hit. So it's either I try to like put it to sleep or if my Pokemon hits it, it's just going to be knocked out. So it made it very hard to catch them at that later stages like that. Uh, but after I, you know, collected almost an entire Pokedex and I'd have to put them in my bank as like, you know, uh, I think it's, uh, Bulbasaur is one and then Ivysaur is two, Venusaur is three kind of thing. You know, I put them in order. Like I had to number them because I had to, um, I, I was like, all right, I've done it. I've made my collection. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of holes in it. I think I was missing like 30 Pokemon total, you know? Right. Uh, I was working at a place. Put what the one I think has what like five hundred? Like no, it used no, to be like a hundred or so, but then the... there was a hundred and fifty in the first one. But I think there's like eight hundred and fifty-eight now or something. Yeah, like there's that. like so many. It's like oh my goodness, yeah. calm down, guys. I, I, I don't need I don't like need eight. a key ring Pokemon. 
or an ice cream cone. Like, no, calm no. down. Klefki <laughs> is cute. It is cute. I, well, I think the one I saw was like that too, but it had the flowers on it. It's called Comfy. Yes. It was in the po- the new Pokemon Snap when I had that on Switch, and you could get the pictures of it. Um, but I had a coworker that was really into Pokemon. Uh, she actually had made her own uh, Zoroark uh, suit to like go to a con with. You know, oh, like cool. She sewed it by hand. So one day, you know, I, I was, you know, I'd quit working there, but like I'd still like go there to shop and stuff. And I, I came up to, and I was like, "Hey, you, you, you dig Pokemon, right?" She's like, uh, "Yeah, you, you know this." And I was like, "All right, cool." And I pulled out of my inside coat pocket my copy of Shield, and I said, "This has my entire collection on it," and I just gave it to her. And nice. she hit me up like a week later. She's like, "You had so many shinies and like rares." I'm like, "Yeah, I know," but like I wanted to pass along to somebody that would appreciate it. They're digital creatures, you know. They they they're just bits and bytes, but the effort I put into that and how interested I was in that, I wanted them to go to a good home. I think I did that. that well, I think I actually did that as well with Sword. Okay. I think I, but my coworker would refuse to let me give it to her for free. She went to wanted it for her son at the time, and so I okay. just give me twenty bucks in. Right, yours. right. And so, like, yeah, they pulled all the Pokemon off of it, put it in their game, and like, well, I think I did. I think I gave her two. One was for her son, and one was like for her brother. And then she said her son was like try, was like begging her to let her give it to her. She's like, no, this is for my brother. This is something that me and my brother like were a big thing growing up, and I want right. to make sure that he has it. So she bought it for me and sent it over to him and was like telling me the story of like how excited he was to like open up the game and have all these Pokemon. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That's a cool thing. Cause I wasn't playing it anymore. So it was cool to like give it and then let somebody have like this nostalgia factor for something from their childhood and then like have all these cool Pokemon on it whenever they oh, yeah. pick it up. Yeah. And that's the, the physical collection of things. It, it does something for us. You know, we can display it, we can handle it, we can, you know, share it with others. But I don't want to discount that digital collection because there are people there that take a lot of pride in being able to platinum a game, you know, get all the trophies or achievements. And yeah, th- those are collections. Um, they're like the Pokemon. You filling out your Pokedex that you can't show that to anybody outside of your game, you know. But, Unless you like bring the game and show somebody physically in person. Right, but yeah. that that's still you're showing them inside the game. You can't like I guess you take a picture and show yeah, them a screenshot a picture or of something. Your screenshot. Yeah. But it's but still like, in the game technically. <laughs> and, and those are still collections. Like I don't want anybody to ever think that your collection is discounted because it's a digital version or, you know, it's uh, glass bottles that you already drank. Like it's it's the passion in chasing that in in the in you know getting those things hell i even think like oh. heck i don't drink but i think shot glass collections are cool because there's some shot glasses with really cool artwork on them that i was going somewhere very similar and i think it's funny that i swore and you didn't in like the same <laughs> two seconds um that's funny when we were kids our aunts and uncles and grandparents collected spoons oh my you god you know what those? there was like toy like specific spoons that had like weird wacky designs and like yeah or the ones that would come with like the blow uh blue back plastic case with the clear you know in yeah. front and, and then there was like... this i had a spoon i swear and it came with a specific bowl and it would change the color of the milk in your cereal yes those were the, so weird yeah the the color changing spoons and stuff because yep. they were temperature um uh, uh reactive yeah man, 90s uh, was wild man <laughs> yeah yeah there's just there's so much out there to collect and i i I wanted to talk about it because i wanted to talk about the passion behind it really you know right 
So like, yeah, I was um, glad you picked it as a topic because it was fun. It's like fun to go back in and to like remember all these different things that yeah, I had. Yeah, well, that's that's what this is. This is that trip down memory lane. This is our throwback to you know things that we enjoy. You know, I I did have to stop us before we turned into a wrestling podcast. Because yeah, I, I kind of went off for a little bit there. Well, and I did too. Uh, you and I could have easily talked about you know '90s wrestling because that's that when be I did watch episode. it. It, it might have to be. I, would, I mean, because I, I still, I have Peacock, right? So I still have access because WWE Network, it was a WWE Network thing originally. It got folded into Peacock and through Peacock, you can access all of those old pay-per-views and like all okay. the episodes of Nitro, all the episodes of Raw. And it's like 10 bucks a month. So it's not even that bad. Yeah, that's not bad. I think um, you can actually get it for four ninety nine. I get it for 10 because I get the ad free, but you can do it for ads for $5 a month and you have all that WWE stuff. Now I know at the time of recording this, uh, our our Patreon is uh, Nerd Talk Plus. Yeah, I would love to hear from them about their favorite or maybe first or I don't know, uh, you know, however you want to throw it out there, but a collection of theirs because I would be surprised to find out that there is anyone that doesn't have at least one collection. Oh yeah, and for future members, um. Yeah, you know, go back and hit us up about it. I don't care if it's 10 episodes down the line a year later. I'm curious because, like I said, collections are a passion. Right. So. Now, I will say if I do those threads for episodes like the uh, questions, comments, and concerns, after the episode goes up, I delete those threads because, like, you don't need people to, like, keep giving questions, comments, and concerns on an episode that we've already recorded. So that's kind of a thing I picked up from other shows that do the same thing. So, like, it'll be a new thread for the next episode of Infinite Journeys and stuff like that. Right. But, like, a situation like this, like the toys and collectibles, you could just post that on the episode itself whenever I upload this video. Yeah. Like, there's always a comment. You can leave a comment on there, and we'll see it. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess that's going to do it. Unless there's any other like last minute throwaway, I couldn't think of any. I was looking up to see if I had anything I <laughs> any hanging on my wall that I missed. The only no. other thing I have is I think I showed off that. What was it the other week? Well, but I'm sure you heard that two action figures just fell from the door next to my. Um, I think I showed you the Deathstroke one the other week on Infinite Journeys. I think so, yeah. And then I have a uh, a Dark Side. Oh wow! I seem to tend to go clean. for villains. Uh, I think they tend to have a better style to them at least classically yeah well, oh this is cool if you look depends at the back, on how far back you go it's got the vehicles somewhere the bat oh and nice mobile that's cool yeah that be and then it has a thing about a little lore about dark side that's awesome pretty freaking cool yeah um, so i i like to collect those and then dragon ball z like it's like super saiyan or like i think i have a perfect cell or final form cell android 17 final form frieza because frieza is like my favorite villain of any video game series uh, he has like this form? whiny little raspy voice, but he's such a cool villain that's like so hard to defeat. See, I think I would have went for uh, Golden Frieza if I was getting one. Yeah, well, I, I think I just picked him up when I saw him at the right. time, and I saw that if it was a Golden Frieza, I would have got it because he's the coolest looking version of Frieza. I think so. And then I think it's fun. I just think it's funny that he's one of the ones that has like multiple transformations. He's like a little scrawny child in the first one, then like a floating chair, and then he has like the second stage, which is like big, both like Hulk like guy. Mm -hmm. And then he has like the final form. So I think we've got three upcoming episodes then. I think we're going to have to do a wrestling episode. For sure. Sounds like we're going to have to do a Dragon Ball episode. Oh, I'd be happy to do that. I've got. And I well, have I a collection. subscription to Crunchyroll, so I don't have every season. But I do have the first two seasons of Dragon Ball Z on uh, on DVD. 
Uh, I can send you a link to a place where you can watch all of that. Um, no charge, but I'll send you a link. So I'm yeah. not saying it out loud. Yeah, I had it. Well, <laughs> I bought a. It was like a 14 day free trial to the Country Roll, and it, they were all. Oh, there, gotcha. So that's going to expire soon. And then I do have a collection that I, I'll just mention, but it would have to be its own episode. And I collect Warhammer 40k. Oh yeah. And we're going to be so, doing lore episodes on that eventually of Infinite Journeys for you too. Yes, I, I can do multiple lore episodes and multiple thr- like I could talk about that for hours. So I think we might have to do a Dragon Ball, uh, a Warhammer, and a wrestling episode we've of Throwback in episodes. the future. Yeah, we've always got it. Ep- That's what I like about this show. There's never there's a never-ending surplus of this style. And the, right. like we did the NES, but we haven't done any other gaming stuff. We could do no. other consoles. We could do specific video games. Like if Say we have access to a classic video game, we could actually play it and then discuss it on the show that week, like in detail. Yeah, like well, kind of I mean, how we did like those review, like deep dive episodes, which is what we said we were going to do with movies, like the faculty, whenever I eventually get Neil on right. to do the faculty with us. I mean, Pokemon's one that we could easily do because that's got a whole franchise to it and everything. And a TV um, show. Right. So, you know, there's always options out there. Yep. All right, I don't. We never came up with an outro for this, so <laughs> nope. It, it is under outro under construction. Have a good yeah, night. We'll eventually come up with one, <laughs> but yeah. Thank you all so much for watching. If you are a VIP club member, which would be Javier right now from Nerd Talk Plus, cheers, and uh, hopefully others soon. Thank you so much for watching and listening and for subscribing to the show. And we will catch you all again soon. Until then, peace out, everybody. Bye bye. Why did I just do my YouTube outro? Whatever. We're gonna go with it. <laughs>